Welcome to The Stare Down, sports talk and real estate with Sean Carpenter of Coldwell Banker in Columbus, Ohio, Bill Risser of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida, and Todd Meininger of Cummins, Georgia. Listen in as they discuss the week in sports and toss in a pinch of real estate too. Now your hosts, Sean, Todd and Bill. Hey, greetings, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Staredown. It's our little sports talk show uh, podcast with Todd Meininger in Cumming, Georgia, and Bill Risser down in St. Petersburg, Florida. Bill, how are you, buddy? Good to see you. Good to see you, Sean, Todd, everybody. I'm, uh, I'm doing good. It's, uh, it was a long week. I was in Fort Myers for the whole week, so you know, it's just different. It's different when it's, it's a road trip of two and a half hours. It's not that far, but staying at a hotel. A uh, lot of work, Did worked for three different associations, did some presentations and had some good response and good feedback from our sales team. So it was a lot of fun and uh, played some golf this week, sucked. And so that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> How about you, Todd? Oh, hey guys, how's it going? Um, I was a bit of a road warrior myself this week. Uh, visited a lot of distributors down in South Georgia and Middle Georgia. So was glad to get home this week and uh, had a pretty laid back weekend other than the fact um, those of you listening can't tell I'm less pasty than normal. I got a good uh, sunburn yesterday playing some tennis. Uh, three set victory, doubles. Uh, uh, Alta is a, is a huge uh, tennis community in, in Atlanta, and um, it was week six of seven. And no, we will not be making the playoffs. So uh, uh-huh. it was a good time, good time for sure. Sean, how are you, man? Good, man. I uh, had a good weekend. Uh, got got on the golf course both days. Played horribly yesterday, Bill. <laughs> I see a trend. Uh, started started with a birdie and then uh, proceeded to rip hook my, my next tee shot out of bounds and made a triple. Mm. Uh, but I came back today uh, with only 26 putts, shot a little 73. So Wow. Uh, nice. Yeah, yeah, nice. Missed, after, after putting so good, I missed a, uh, a kind of a three-footer to save par on the last hole to finish with a bogey. But um, pretty good round when you can uh, make three birdies, including a chip in. Um, cuts the putting down for sure, right? Wow. Is that a par, nice. par, par 72, Sean? Par 70. Yeah, par, 70 par, okay. par 70, yeah. So three uh, over strong. Yeah. So good, good, good fun round. And then I'll, I'll, when we get to the, uh, the, the meat of the show, I, I'll fill you in on, on what happened this afternoon, kind of a neat opportunity, uh, brush with greatness uh, here in Columbus. So uh, we guys were also joined by a, a, a guest at last week. I, as you know, I, as we logged off last week, I was heading out to, actually I was in Portland when I recorded last week's episode um, spent a great week out in the Pacific Northwest in Portland, got up the next morning and drove across the state uh, and then cut up into the corner of Washington and spent a couple of days in Walla Walla, Washington, uh, where Drew Bledsoe has a, um, is it Drew Bledsoe has a winery, I think out there. Yeah. That sounds right, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Drew Bledsoe has a winery out there just, just, just west of Pullman where Washington state is. And then I, uh, drove back across the state down to Corvallis, the home of Oregon, Oregon state beavers, uh, did a great presentation there and then stopped in Omaha on the way home. But while I was in Portland, guys, just bopping around, uh, visiting some breweries, I stopped in this wonderful brewery called 10 barrel. And I met one of the friendliest guys I, I know he's joining us now on the podcast. His name's Shay Brewer, uh, formerly from Atlanta, but he's living out in the Portland area now. Shay, welcome to the episode. How are you? I'm doing well. Happy to be here, guys. Thanks for having me, Sean. So we were talking about the podcast, and he's like, no way, you really do a podcast? <laughs> I'm like, I do. And in fact, you're going to start coming on it because we were having a great conversation about sports. And he, says, he says, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me at least l- listen to an episode. And uh, he checked out our last week's episode, and he says, y'all need a lot more NBA talk. 
<laughs> yeah, that's we uh, we struggle. With I'm, I'm surprised he uh, volunteered to come on after listening to our last episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he's gonna add some flavor. So Shay, how are you, man? What, tell us, tell tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do out in Portland. I've been in Portland for just under a year. I actually work with the Trailblazers. I'm a premium service concierge there with the Blazers. So I handle uh, I handle a, a, a small niche group of our courtside clients that come through. But I'm a basketball enthusiast. I've played the game, coached the game, loved the game. And there's no better time of the year than right now. It's spring, the flowers are blooming, and there's this NBA playoff basketball. It's hard to beat it. Speaking of hard to beat, uh, let's start with the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans swept your Portland Trailblazers. Wow. Uh, Welcome to the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, the guy, the guy doesn't want to talk about uh, uh, Washington and Toronto. He wants to talk about the West. So we're going to start there. We'll, we'll, we'll welcome our guests. Hey, look, here's the fact. Uh, you mentioned before we went on the air, Portland's uh, playoff history has not been strong. Uh, they came in as, I believe, a – what a six, a six seed, a three seed, a three seed. Okay, so yeah, a little disappointing than, than to, to be bumped out without even a, a, a win at home. Uh, I know playoff tickets. You know they're not they're not they're not cheap, um, and you usually have to buy a whole package. And so to only get two games, it's it's not good for the the team as far as the the economy, the revenue. Obviously, you know you probably you and a lot of your staff probably runs on tips and and gratuity. So that's not uh, a good thing. But what's what's the vibe of the city? Are are they disappointed? Are they uh, you know, were they expecting were they expecting to make it to the Western Finals or what? There was a lot of optimism around this year's Blazers team. They went on a 13-game win streak, which was absolutely awesome. The city was completely behind it. But going into the playoffs, there was a lot of nervousness going into the playoffs. The last three years, the Blazers haven't made it out of the first round. So the city was kind of prepared for the letdown. Wow. Um, and there was a lot of outside factors that, you can say played into it. I mean, there were injuries toward the end of the season. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar. Damian Lillard had a baby, had his firstborn toward the mm. end of the season as well. So I'm sure it was a lot of sleepless nights. But once you lose those first two at home, it's hard to bounce back. Yeah, and momentum's a, a funny thing. I think you mentioned one one in twelve in the last thirteen playoff games. That's uh, that's got to be a little bit of a you know proverbial monkey on the back, right? And I think one of the interesting things that it goes untalked about, Portland came in as a three seed, but between three and eight, they were only separated by a game and a half. Yeah, so a cluster. Really that big yeah. an upset to lose to a to lose to a Pelicans team when you have that bottlenecking. Yeah. Now, Shay, as as an ignorant Portland NBA guy, what uh, what's the origin of Rip City? What's the uh, what's what's behind that? <laughs> So it was an old play-by-play announcer back in 77 when the Blazers actually shocked everyone and won it all. Yeah. And um, he he said the sound of the nets would go rip. So he would just say, rip city, baby. And so it just took off from there from 77, and it kind of just stuck with the team. So that's where the rip city, baby, comes from. Let's also look at the West. We got uh, everything else is in in play. There was another chance for a sweep uh, today. It didn't happen. Golden State uh, went into San Antonio uh, a popless San Antonio coach Popovich uh, out with the death of his wife. Um, mm. Thoughts and prayers go to him and his, his family. Uh, Golden State, though, unable to, uh, to to close it out. Manu Ginobili, I think he is, what, about 65 years old? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. He, but he had a heck of a, a game there at the end where he just really kind of just didn't want to see the season end in front of his home, home fans. Uh, 
Golden State, though, uh, up three to one. Um, I believe Houston and Minnesota, that's two to one. Minnesota looked lifeless in the first two games, and, uh, and, but they, they won a game at home. And then, more, uh, more than one, didn't they whip them by like 15 or 16 points? Yeah, I think they, I think they beat them pretty good. And I, yeah. Carl Anthony Towns, who was kind of uh, – actually, Carl Anthony Towns is the one that's been playing bad. It's uh, Boogie Cousins, I think, hasn't been, been playing very good, right? For the, uh, but, boy, Anthony Davis just, just was a beast. Yeah. in that series um and then okc is down two to one to, to utah so shay what what surprises or what uh what, what do you see in those three western conference series we just talked yeah. about the golden state san antonio houston minnesota or okc utah anything jump out well if you start with golden state san antonio san antonio doesn't play well on the road they play for home so you expect it at least i didn't get swept with or without pop hmm. so they get they got the game today and we'll see how things go as the series goes back to the Bay Area. Um, I just don't think San Antonio has the horses to be able to stick with Golden State. Kevin Durant's playing out of his mind. Mm. Draymond Green's playing at a high level. You even have Andre Iguodala playing point guard for the Warriors at times. That's that's tough to match up for anybody. So this guy named Clay Thompson also, right? He's always <laughs> he's always out there, right? I think I've seen him make a shot or two. <laughs> One or two, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Sean, you, you asked uh, Jay what's surprising in the West, and I certainly – he can continue. He's got more knowledge in NBA than us three combined. But what shocked me was Utah's uniforms. Did anyone see those? That was – I've not seen him play all year. And it was like the Astros and the old Nuggets, like – had a baby and first that uniform. It was crazy. It was absolutely nuts. Like yeah, I couldn't get over it. I couldn't get over it. I think they've been they've been that's not new. Those aren't new uniforms. They they, they kind of switched midway through the year. Is that right, Shay? I haven't those yeah, are the city uniforms. So the NBA has an alternate uniform. They call it the city uniforms and that's their city uniform. But Utah went all the way. I mean they redid their entire court to match the fans had t shirts, right? Fans had t shirts. <laughs> it was unreal. Hey, but if you don't like those uniforms, you might want to get used to them because I think they may just upset Oklahoma City. Wow. They're, they're, they could go up three to one tomorrow night, right? They could. Donovan Mitchell's playing Donovan Mitchell's playing great basketball. And it's 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 insane that he's playing at such a high level for that team and he won't win rookie of the year. I mean, because what Ben Simmons is doing in the East, which we'll get uh, to a little bit later, it's, yeah. I mean, that's another level. But Donovan Mitchell's playing great. Ricky Rubio goes for a triple-double the other yeah. night. Yeah. The, the Jazz, I mean, they're well-coached. They move the ball around. There is no superstar. It kind of reminds me of the old Spurs. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, who's their just, big man? Just, just, just to refresh my memory, uh, Malone and Stockton aren't there, right? I'm just <laughs> Okay, just check it. Just check it. check's gone. <laughs> okay, good. I'm all, I'm all good. Okay, yeah, he's Come gone. On. So, okay. yeah, I may even have a the mayor Keith Hoiberg reference if uh, if I have to do that. Wasn't he a, a Utah Jazz? Now he was a Utah Ute. Um, no, he was a forget it. We're we're, we're going down a rabbit hole. Rabbit hole. Let's let's look over in the East. Um, probably the, the surprising uh, series is uh, Indiana. Jumps up two to one on Cleveland. They're they're playing, I believe, in a couple minutes as we as we record this. Um, but you know, I I personally was one of those people that after it, Cleveland lost the first round, first game, I thought, well, they'll still win four to one. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they 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 got challenged. They got a they got kind of you know Indiana's not going to back down now. They had some turnovers and they 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 really struggled in in the third period uh, the other night. But um, let's just start with you, Shay. What's your what's your thoughts on that series? Do you think Indiana can can pull the 
the upset of upsets and knock LeBron out in round one and let, let LeBron ride off to another team next year? The key thing is LeBron here, right? So mm. it's he's not they're not playing against the Cavaliers. They're playing against LeBron and a band of characters, pretty much. And, and it's all LeBron for Cleveland, and it can't be that way in the playoffs. He can't dominate the way that he's dominated the East. The East is a lot stronger now than what it was the last two to three years. Um, Victor Oladipo's playing great, and Lance Stevenson's defending LeBron mm. a little bit. But if you if you shut everyone else down and you let LeBron be LeBron, you can still win the game. And that's what Indiana's proven. Hey, Sean, two, two observations. Um, one is, is Stevenson – in LeBron's head, I don't know if anyone could be in LeBron's head, but he sure is playing the part. Very confident, um, talking good smack, saying they will panic if they lose tonight, which um, may be true. Uh, my other point is, is, when did Cleveland become the Stepford wives of the NBA? You see LeBron's got them all dressed in identical suits <laughs> yeah, yes. the last two games. It's, it's, <laughs> I don't know if you follow Michael Rappaport on Twitter, but he had a great uh, little tweet today. It shows all the guys walking in the exact same uh, suit, and he's, you know, he's being Michael making the comments. It's it's pretty funny stuff. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Um, Toronto uh, wins their first two on on home court, uh, and then they, they go to Washington, and they are playing. I think they're playing right now. Todd or Bill, yeah, any guys have that on? Uh, eighty-eight, eighty-two, with eight minutes left. In the, yeah, in the make, court, make, yeah. It, make it ninety, eighty-two. Toronto just scored again. So wow, wow. <clears throat> okay, so um, we'll see what happens there. Uh, Boston, Milwaukee, uh, boy, just, just watching the highlights of the, the Greek freak. Uh, Shay, let me, let's go to you as our NBA specialist. This, get, this guy's something special. I mean, he, he really could turn into a great, great player over the next few years, couldn't he? John, before you hand it up to Shay, you got to say his name. Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's easy for you to Close say. <laughs> <laughs> Shay might be able to say it better weekend. But <laughs> just stick with the Greek freak. Yeah, good, good. What are your thoughts on him, Shay? Giannis – Giannis is, man, I hate to say this, but this Giannis is almost an alien. He's, he's <laughs> 6'10", he's Freak. long, he's going to rebound, he handles the ball. I mean, if he ever develops a jump shot, look out. Like, look out. He could transcend a game altogether. Um, what scares me about this Milwaukee team, they're awfully talented, but I question their coaching. Once they let Jason Kidd go early in the year, Jason Kidd and Giannis have been well-documented. They, they had a great relationship. There was a little pushback from the players to the coaching staff after that, and we talked about momentum earlier. They lost a lot of momentum going into the playoffs, and that factors into the way they had the letdown or the collapse in game one where Boston came back and won. And, I mean, Boston, let's be honest here, Boston's playing without Kyrie. They're playing without Gordon Hayward. How strong is that roster, really? Yeah. Well, and, and you mentioned the collapse from Milwaukee in game one. They weathered a huge storm today, and that had to be a conference. They were up 17-20. Boston rallied, um, and then Milwaukee ended up winning by two. So that's got to be that's got to be good. And you mentioned Gordon Haywood. Um, he was injured, what, game one? I mean, is that is that still five a factor? Five minutes in. Yeah. Five is that still a factor in the team's head, or they have they moved on? I mean, Irving, obviously, he you know, he just announced before the playoffs he was out, but. Anyway, that's just, you know, my food for thought. You know, these, these pros have a good way of compartmentalizing and moving on, right? They do, but my question, my question is, if you, look at the, if you look at Boston's roster, they're extremely young. So they could use that experience, that playoff experience from Hayward or from Kyrie. If you yeah. look at the roster, you're looking at the Morris kid, 
maybe Greg Monroe and Al Horford. And none of those guys <laughs> have ever really tasted true success in the playoffs. Right. Yeah. And, you know, they lost Marcus Smart, right, a, 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 a pretty talented point guard. Yeah. Um, they lost him a few weeks ago. And um, the, the kid out of uh, Boston – or the kid out of Duke, I'm, I'm Jason something. Jason uh, Tatum. You know, Jason Tatum playing well, but just, once again, young and, you know, I mean – there was there was some physical play down at the end of that game, uh, so that's gonna be a fun series to watch. It's gonna be you know there's there's some smack talk going back and forth between Bledsoe and and and, and Rogier. Um, yeah. Gonna be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, and then and then the, the one that I think a lot of people are watching is that young Philadelphia team. You mentioned Ben Simmons earlier. Um, you know he's gonna get Rookie of the Year, and there's some there's some question about whether he should because he's technically two years out of college, but he sat out a year, um, so this is his first year playing in the NBA. But he really came on at the end of the season. A lot of triple doubles. Um, a player I think a lot of people are looking at to say, watch what this kid might do as he starts gaining confidence and 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 skills. Um, Philadelphia up two to one over Miami. Miami kind of stole game game two. Uh, three, three to one. one. Three to one. Yep. Sorry, sorry, uh, I forgot that one went final already. Um, you know, like I said, Miami kind of stole game two with Dwayne Wade going back in time. Uh, <laughs> Really making everything. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that one, but um, let's just stick with you, Shay. What, you, what are your thoughts on this Philadelphia team and the process that they're going through? If you guys don't already trust the process, I'm telling you right now, trust <laughs> the process. Ben Simmons is special. Embiid and the phantom of the process. <laughs> He's awesome. I mean, you've got guys like Sarge coming off the bench and – Ilya Sova has life all over again, and Robert Covington. Trust the process. This team is really good. This team could, this team could win the East. This team could easily come out of the East. They match up against everyone else in the East. They defend. They move the ball around. They're unselfish, and they just try hard. They try hard. They work hard, guys. They're not afraid of anyone. They're not going to get pumped. This may be the year of Philadelphia. You got the Eagles uh, winning it all. You got Villanova winning. It may be the year of Philadelphia. So you're lukewarm on the Phillies' chances. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> Long ways to go in that season. Long ways. <laughs> hey, Bill, I don't know about you, but I think if you, me, and Todd read a roster of NBA teams, we wouldn't get as many names dropped in the stare down as, as Shea has done in the first seven minutes of our podcast. No. Go, I, go I, I <laughs> No, you're absolutely right. Um, I, so I just want to ask Shay though. So the guys, very well done. Yeah. You're saying that, uh, if let's say the Pacers do upset the Cavs, that kind of clears whatever path was kind of in the way of the Sixers, right? Was maybe some kind of LeBron led Cavs team. The LeBron picks them up again and then kind of teaches a few young kids some stuff. But if the Pacers pull off this upset, it just, it, it's wide open, right? I don't see any resistance for the Sixers until they meet Toronto. It's a matchup of when you look at DeRozan and Cal Lowry, that puts a little pressure. That forces the Sixers to play defense on the perimeter, which is where they struggle. They're fine inside, but they struggle on on perimeter defense. And they were exposed in game two when Dwayne Wade had the game of his of his life, or I should say of the decade for him. <laughs> um, but – the Sixers can score with anyone. They're going to defend inside. They run great stuff. They're well coached. I'm trusting the process. And if you haven't watched them play, I just watch a half of it. It's exciting. You've got Ben Simmons, and he's going to get a rebound, and he's going to bust out. And, but he's still going to give you 12 to 16 points every night. 
with another 12 assists and another 10 rebounds. That's as a rookie. Come on, man. No one's done that since magic. And then you have to, you, Bill, I know you like it, but the, then the world has to watch JJ Redick light it up from the outside too. <sighs> man, another, another, Duke. another outside shooter from the only one I ever liked was the, the Alaskan assassin Trajan Langdon, just cause I like to say <laughs> the Alaskan assassin. What a great, what a great nickname. So, all right. So we'll, by next week's show, we're going to, we'll have a, a better look at the second round because yeah. you know, th- th- they really start pushing it uh, the next couple of days to get, to get those rounds finished. Uh, once again, only one, one series in the books. Uh, but in the next couple of days, we, we should see a couple of them close. And it looks like, I, I guess, look down the list uh, guys and tell me which one you think is going seven games. I mean, I think that Boston Milwaukee series seems to be, you know, once again, it's kind of never a playoff until you start winning on the other guy's court, just like in hockey. Um, I think OKC could do it. Yeah, OKC and, and Utah, that, that one could push to seven games. So that'd be nice to see. Um, I, I don't see Minnesota to hanging on and, and, and taking Houston to seven. Um, but Boston, Milwaukee, Washington, Toronto, wouldn't surprise me if that one goes seven, uh, just with, you know, with Toronto's struggles. Uh, how about you, Shay? You see any game sevens in our future? I think your Cavs can go seven games. I That's think true. Yeah. LeBron's well, not going to bag down lightly. Uh, he's not going to bag. He's not going to bag away. And Indiana's not going anywhere. That could definitely go seven. Um, I wouldn't worry too much about the Houston series, the Houston Minnesota. Uh, Houston's Houston's scary good right now. Houston's hands down the best team in the league. Uh, when you get a Mike D'Antoni team that's actually playing defense, it's, eh, that's hard to beat. Hmm. Um, oh, no. Ripping rip rip my old sons. <clears throat> that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was in Phoenix back in those days. <laughs> there wasn't much defense. You're right. And LeBron's also red dress for success. So he's awesome. got that in his back pocket. He's, he's ready to go. So <laughs> Set the mood. All right. That's it. Anything else on the NBA, guys? Any, anyone want to throw anything else in? Any uh... – any oddball stories or, or quirks or anything like that? I'll just give you a, a quick update on the Raptors uh, uh, Wizards game. 92, wow. 92 92 with five minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Just like that, right? Yeah, so they're, they're uh, Bradley Beal going nuts, and uh, it's going to be interesting. Super Bradley this Beal, where do you go to school, Todd? Uh, UF, go Gators. That's right. He's, he's, he's a Gator. I think he might have just been, oh, he fouled out with five minutes to go. Never mind. That's why he's going crazy. Throwing oh, stuff okay. and, uh, yeah. <laughs> right. hey, well, hey guys can i can i give can i give you one more tidbit or one more yeah of course man yeah. watch, especially on this raptors wizard series watch the body language of john wall be very careful with john wall i feel john wall is a little disconnected from this team right now mm-hmm. and just be very careful to see that dynamic he's a superstar of this team and um he's been trying really hard all right, I'll give you a little-known fact about John Wall. When John Wall was announced to the All-Star team, he bought all the guys on the team Rolex watches. So he's nice. been trying really hard to get this team to buy into him, but they're completely disconnected from him. Mm. Uh, I think him and Gartat got into it the other night a little bit on the sideline. And, you know, Bradley Bill and him are, are bickering a little back and forth. Keep an eye on the body language of John Wall as the series goes on. Is he, is, is he traditionally um... – Again, for lack of a better word, uh, cliche, a cancer in the locker room, or what's his what's his story? They why is he not uh, well received by his teammates? Well, you know, John, I'm, I'm not exactly sure the, the the true details on this. John Wall has been traditionally known as a me guy, not mm. necessarily a cancer, but I want to get my numbers guy. And gotcha. John Wall was injured a little bit right after the All Star break, 
And the Sixers, I mean, pardon me, not the Sixers. You see where my head is. I'm really the Wizards. Process. <laughs> the Wizards. But, yeah. <laughs> the Wizards. The Wizards went on a win streak. I, I want to say it was like eight or nine games while John Wall was out. And I mm. think they kind of bought into we can do this ourselves and we don't necessarily have to have this guy that's concerned about his numbers. And when he came back, the chemistry was a little off. And I don't think it ever – I don't think he's ever corrected itself. Wow. What a, what a surprise. Someone from Kentucky uh, cares more about his own numbers than the team. Uh, <laughs> Rajon Rondo, uh, you know, Anthony Davis has been playing great down in the – and Carl Anthony Towns. Okay. I mean, there's a lot. A lot I, need to, I, need to, I need to coach Shea up on this a little bit. You're going to hear a lot of this kind of stuff from the from these two SEC boys who love to talk about <laughs> <laughs> UF is everything and every other SEC team sucks. So you'll, you'll get that if you listen to the show a little longer. I know, what you're, I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah, no, it's, no, sure. I'm an Auburn guy, so I'm War Eagle all the way. Oh, wow. <laughs> all right, man. War Eagle, Tumor's Corner. We got it. We got it. All right, boys. Let's uh, let's let's turn to the, let's turn to the other playoffs that are happening right now, and that's the NHL playoffs. Bill, hat tip to you and your Tampa Bay Lightning. Closed out the Jersey Devils last night. Um, big win for them. He gone. Um, yeah. Yeah. They're they're up uh, four to one. Uh, even, Boston. Even. Yeah, and that's the good news here is Toronto pulled off a win against Boston to take that to six games. So yeah, if nothing else, if yeah. nothing else, a day of rest and yeah. extra extra time for for the other team to to beat each other up, right? And and yep. who knows, maybe maybe Toronto uh, wins. You know, they're going home, so going, yeah, you never know. Uh, you know, they they, they play at home. And, yeah. Yep. Uh, Pittsburgh Pred, closed out. Preds are killing right now. They're up four nothing. Oh, that's over. That's a, that. They're, yeah, they're that, done. They'll close that series out. Uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Uh, Pounded Philadelphia today, eight to five. Um, that was a high-scoring series. Um, they scored a lot of goals in that series. And Pittsburgh, I hate to say it, Pittsburgh's looking really good. Pittsburgh is looking really good on offense. Um, so we'll see. Uh, not good for me. Uh, should the Blue Jackets somehow find a way to to win two in a row? They are down three to two to Washington after another hard hard fought, tough, tough loss yesterday. Oh, tough yeah. loss in uh, in overtime. Our our goalie Sergey Bobrovsky was playing great, but I heard a stat today on the first tee of the golf course. Um, every playoff game Bobrovsky has has goaltended for the Blue Jackets. Um, they've he's he's allowed at least three goals mm. every playoff game. Has allowed at least three goals. That's crazy. Um, but they, they, they lost a tough one. Uh, the third of the five games, sorry, the fourth of the five games to go to overtime. Mm. Um, and you know, just kind of a deflection goal by Washington after the game, they asked blue jackets coach, John Tortorella, um, you know, they kind of came out and called him out for a, a, a very dud performance on game four at home. Uh, and said, you know, coming off that bad performance in game four, you know, do you expect your guys will come ready to play game six? And he very simply said, I'm not worried about my guys. We will be back in this building for game seven. Kind of dropped the, dropped the guarantee, uh, writing the check with, with money that he doesn't have to play with, right? He called um, his shot, right? Yeah, so that, that game six will be here in Columbus tomorrow. Um, it's, it's one of those winner win or go home, right? Uh, they, they, they have to win, and they're going to have to find a way to win again at Washington, which clearly they know how to do because they did win. Uh, games one and two in that series. Uh, unfortunately, they couldn't defend home ice, uh, and they have to tomorrow night. Or once again, it's an early golf season uh, for the Blue Jackets. Um, anything else in the East, guys? Before we head over to the the West, which has been kind of a, uh, you know, there's gonna be some time off in the West. 
Uh, yeah, you hit it, man. I saw the Columbus game last night. It was tough overtime loss. Um, got the over-under in the Pittsburgh-Philly game was six, and they scored 13 goals. They, 13 they more than goals. doubled the uh, over-under. Wow. Yeah. And, and as you said, they've been scoring so many goals. I guess they odds makers thought they were due for a, uh, a dud, but it wasn't meant to be. I don't know why, but the, the, the one guy I do like on the uh, Penguins is that Jake Gunsel, uh, G-U-N-T-Z-L-E-L. He had four goals today. Um, <laughs> What's well, not yeah. to like, right? Yeah, I mean, he's just a great little player. Uh, you know, I guess he gets to play between Malkin and Crosby, Crosby so, so. Yeah, always some always some, uh, some juice there. Um, and then let's hit, hit the West. Uh, as you said, Nashville is going to close out Colorado. Vegas swept uh, the Kings 4 nothing, and Winnipeg won 4-1 to over Minnesota. So, the West kind of, um, you know, not much interest, really. Um, Colorado s- stole a couple, I guess, against a kind of a sleepy Nashville team. But um, the East is, I think, where, where our, our eyes are focused. Right, Bill? Yep, absolutely. I, uh, that and, you know, come on. I, you know, but the, the guy that signs my paycheck owns the Knights, the Golden Knights. So I guess I'm kind of on that. Oh, yeah, them, right? I yeah. need a Lightning Golden Knights final. That'd be awesome. That, that would be, that'd be good. Shay, yeah. do you guys get it? There's, you know, there's always there, Portland's always one of those cities that's talked about possibly getting a hockey team. You know, Paul Allen uh, and his his money up there. But um, you guys have a pretty solid soccer team uh, that you guys follow. Uh, any is there any follow of hockey up that direction? There's talks about Seattle possibly getting a hockey franchise. Mm. They're making renovations to Key Arena, and hockey's going to go in first. And after hockey, they're considering basketball. So that was, those are the rumors out there. But let me ask you this, and we can we can definitely talk about Portland. But I got a question for you, Sean, and for you as well, Bill. How good are the Golden Knights? Yeah, that's you know that's you think about that in the history of all sports, right? I mean, of all sports, where you got an expansion team comes in, and not only, not only, I mean, think about just playing five hundred would be an incredible accomplishment. But instead, let's go a little further. Let's win the division. Mm. Let's get a sweep in the first round. And I'm wondering, you know, if every owner in hockey is just kicking themselves in the ass for, you know, maybe setting up uh, an expansion situation that just they didn't control very well. Um, yeah. Because you, you need a team. You're supposed to struggle as an expansion team. You're not supposed to walk right in and do what they're doing. It's, it's, an, it's, an, it's incredible. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, Bill, um, if they do face any, uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Adversity mm-hmm. um, after after this season, because clearly this season is chalk it up as a win, no matter what happens oh. from here forward. Um, <laughs> you know they've they, they've they've created fans uh, in the local community, if for only because people like to cheer for the local team. And when they when they suck, it's just hard to keep cheering for the local team. Uh, you see attendance. You, you know, case in point, let's look at the factory of sadness up in Cleveland. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just it's hard to see and, and cheer for. So what they've done to get off the you know, off to such a good start early in their in their career uh, is fantastic. Um, as you said, the the expansion draft was done a little differently than than the last time other teams did it. They, you know, they got to really go and kind of almost cherry pick players. You know, granted, a team's got to kind of say, here's the three guys you could pick from. So it's kind of like they put out their three. Uh, you and then know. they get to pull some back. I mean, they, they, they tried their best to set it up. You figure, you know, look, every, every team in every league has nothing but data scientists running around trying to figure out stats and sabermetrics and baseball. And, you know, it's, it's, it's no more old scouts, just kind of this guy's got the five tools. No, they're measuring everything. And, you know, they, I think the NHL made a mistake. I just think they screwed up the, the – there's no, there's no way 
the Golden Knights should be this good, right? Is that what you're getting at, Shay? It seems to me that every time I turn on a hockey game, Vegas is just blowing someone out. <laughs> <laughs> they had an amazing and the fact year. that they actually swept the first round is – could this team potentially – I mean, I don't know. How much damage can they do? Uh, uh, this far- is the, cl- the classic only time will tell. <laughs> We're going to find out. Um, I, I think they drafted perfectly. I think they – put together a, a great team. As you said, Bill, you know, you have, you know, all these guys with the stats and the, and the, and the metrics. But um, I think from game one, for whatever reason, they all bought in and the fan yeah. believed and the team believed. And it's almost like this ride of momentum that uh, it'll go as far as it'll take them. Um, but sweep to sweep the first round in the hockey plows. Hockey's much different. We've talked about than say basketball, which basketball is pretty true, right? You'll get some upsets in the middle, but eights don't beat one uh, in, in basketball. But in hockey, Sean, you'll attest that that happens. Um, you know, every every other year, maybe not every year, but it, it's pretty common. So, yeah, I was one thing real quick, Sean. Then you got this whole other thing with the Vegas, you know, situation. Even if they'd had the crappiest year ever, mm-hmm. they're still going to sell out every game, right? Because we talked about the fans traveling in every person in Calgary and every person in Winnipeg is going to want to go to Vegas to see their team play. Cause they get to hang out in Vegas for a weekend. Right. Sure. The same thing's going to happen with the Raiders. When the Raiders show up there in a couple of years, they're going to be packed every year or every game with half the ballpark, half the stadium being the other team's fans. It's just, yeah. just the way of life. That, that, that will need to be the goal of the, of the Raiders when they come in and it should continue to be the goal of the, of the, of the, of the Knights. Yeah. Um, to not to make it a tough, a tough ticket. Yeah, right? make it not Col- happen. Yeah. Columbus now being a playoff team, uh, three of the last four years. You know, it's harder now for Buffalo and Pittsburgh fans and Detroit fans to get to get tickets. They still do, and they still get in the building because a lot of the people that live here in Columbus are Penguins fans or are Red Wings fans. Right. But that'll be the goal. That that you know, obviously Gruden and the boys when they get out there uh, to play, you know, with the Raiders, they've got to find a way to 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 get a big sellout crowd. How do you keep a season ticket holder from maximizing profit and selling off some games? I mean, that's what they do. I, I grew up in San Diego. I, that's nothing. It happened game after game after game. Browns, Browns backers. There'd be 5,000 Cleveland Browns at, at a game in San Diego. Yeah. Mm. And then I'm here in Tampa now. So you, you go to a, you know, I went to the, uh, what's the Patriots, but the Patriots Bucks game this past season, I would say it was 40% Patriot fans at a home game for the Bucks. There's no way to stop it because, you know, I'm going to maximize, I'm going to sell off those tickets to a, you know, as a season ticket holder and help me, I'll pay for next year's season tickets. It's just, sure. it's a, it's just part of the game. You know, it's not, I don't like it. That's a great question. You know, football teams, you know, eight, eight road games, you mm-hmm. know, I'm not counting them. Shay, let me ask you a question. What, what team in the NBA brings a good road crowd? Is, is there one that brings in a big fan base or is it just people that like to wear the Lakers uniform and, and the Lakers jerseys or the, or the, these days, the golden state jerseys. Do you really see an influx of other fans in the NBA? Knicks, well, especially important. Cause all the tra- all the transplants, I, I'm sure New York is, is everywhere, right? You've got Boston, you have LA, you have New York. Bulls. Um, you have golden Bulls. state. Um, yeah. Here, not so much of the Bulls anymore, because okay. you also have, you have a, a core following that'll follow a player. So when mm-hmm. Cleveland comes into town, you'll have people that'll spend the extra dollar on the secondary market to go see LeBron, for instance. Yeah. It, you're marketing around superstars. Like, they'll go see a Houston so they can see a James Harden and a Chris Paul. 
Right. Um, we used to have it here with LA, but uh, I mean with the Clippers, but not so much anymore. But you get teams, and then you've got fans supporting players. Um, mm. So that's where it is now. Uh, I wanted to I wanted to kind of piggyback on something you said earlier, though, Bill. I uh, I think I was in New or- I was in Tampa two years ago for the Falcons the Falcons Bucks game, and this plays into VGK as well. I was able to get a ticket on the secondary market on StubHub for a cheap five yard line for a Thursday night football game for cheaper than I can get a a 100th level in the end zone ticket in Mercedes Benz stadium. Wow. Yeah. That's not good. Yes. I go to Vegas a lot. I go to Vegas a lot and I talk to a lot of people to see a hockey game in Vegas because the price of a ticket is so much less than it is in Calgary or is in Edmonton. So they'll come down to see a Vegas game. You get to spend a weekend in Vegas. You're going to gamble. You're going to have fun. But the cost of the ticket is half of the price than what it is in Calgary or Montreal or wherever they're from. Yeah. In San San Diego, I worked for the Padres, right? But I knew the Chargers people very well. And they would do something like if you wanted a Raider ticket, you had to buy two other games, right? So if you bought it from the box office, it made you buy three. At least they're putting a premium on it. Um, and, and that can help to an extent, but it's just not enough. I think what has to happen is, you know, um, maybe it happens over time, but but those those East Coast teams, you know, the the Yankees and the and the uh, the, the the Red Sox and and the Mets and the, all those teams don't have this issue because the, those that have such long standing traditions and those people follow and love their teams. But you get down here in on the southern part of the country where teams are relatively new. In, mm-hmm. in the big picture, uh, and every and everybody's leaving the East Coast to come down to San Diego or Tampa or Phoenix. It's just part of the cost of living in like places with great weather. You, as a sports fan, are always going to be dealing with this problem. It's just the way it is. I'm still stuck on what Shay said about uh, like when Cleveland comes into town. I thought he'd say they'd go to see Kyle Korver, and he said LeBron James. So. <laughs> <laughs> he's an old an old hawk. So. Della Vadova was pulling everybody in. Then they got rid of. <laughs> Yeah, you know who would fit in well out in Portland would be Chris the Birdman Anderson. Man, oh with his, man, with his tattoos! I saw some. I saw a lot of sleeves on some some bartenders and uh, and people out there in Portland. That's a uh, that's that's part of the uh, part of the part of the attire out there, isn't it, Shay? It's part of the culture. It's part yeah, of the culture. Everyone's everyone's a free spirit here. So yeah, it was it was it was cool. One thing that threw me off though, Shay, uh, not in the eastern part of the state, uh, but I. I was bringing my rental car back to the airport and I pulled in to get gas. I jumped out to start pumping my car and then some dude like shows up saying like, you want me to fill it up? And I'm like, I just thought, yeah, it's, it's, you got to pump your own or you can't pump your own gas in Portland. It's, it's just, uh, you know, and you don't have to tip the guy or anything like that. It's just, uh, that's just part of the, there is no self-serve. Yeah. Yeah. It's very strange. Um, guys, let's, let's, let's talk a little over to major league baseball. Uh, we're seasons in full swing. Bill, Bill Risser is probably still, still alive in his, in his rotisserie league. No, I'm not. Go ahead. Oh, keep going. Off, keep to, going. off to a bad start, huh? Uh, uh, Jake Lamb's on the DL. Nolan Arnato got suspended. Uh, Rizzo was on the DL. They're all coming back, but yeah, I got a long, I got a long uphill climb. But yeah. You got to make his thanks, point. Thanks for bringing that up. That's so great. let's, uh, let's talk about what happened last night. Uh, Sean Manaea uh, with the Oakland A's uh, throws a no hitter against the best team in baseball. Right, Ooh, uh, yeah. seventeen and two Red Sox. Mm. Um, Manaea throws a, a really nice 
no hitter, first one of the season. Uh, I didn't see any of it, but uh, Todd, you you kind of tweeted it out when it happened. Um, did you guys see any any of his? Was he pr- pretty much in control? Yeah, there's only and Bill jumped in. Uh, there's only real one controversial play. Um, I think they called a runner going down the first baseline uh, out of the baseline, and I and it happened in the sixth inning, so it wasn't um, it wasn't reminiscent of. Uh, Who's that Detroit pitcher, Bill, about five, six years ago? Oh, Arenado. Uh, not Arenado. No. Arredondo. Yeah, yeah. He got literally uh, eight and two-thirds in the first base. Um, uh, um, blew the call. Blew the call. Uh, admitted, not, admitted afterwards he blew the Next call. day, yeah, next day. Lost he was crying. Yeah. He was crying, wanted to apologize. Um, so in this case, I don't think it was that egregious of a call, um, but I thought it was I thought it was a, a bad call. But that said, having the sixth inning, one or two – Questionable strikes, uh, bang bang plays are going to happen, um, but yeah, he he dominated against a seventeen and two Boston Red Sox team. I mean, unbelievable, right? You know what? And now they're seventeen and four. So look out! The, the, it's, they're, they're done. They're, they're done. done. <laughs> they're done. Yeah. Break them up. They're done. Um, so in the in the uh, divisions, Boston leads in the East. Cleveland leads in the Central uh, by about I think a game and a half. Houston uh, up in the West. Um, but the Mets. Shohei Otani-led Angels up in yeah. second place in the West. So yeah, they, they've struggled lately. So to see, um, you know, if, if Trout and this cast of characters they have there, but, you know, to watch Otani, oh, my God. I mean, he got lit up. Otani's uh, up to bat, batting fourth uh, today. Is Socha, Socha still the uh, skipper, Bill? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah sure so. is. Yeah. Wow. Yep. So well, Watch out for them. Um, over, the, over in the NL, you got the Mets. Uh Virtual tie in the central with St. Louis and Milwaukee and the uh, Diamondbacks out in the West. Um, to a big lead early, yeah. Yeah. Um, did you guys happen to see Brandon Belt's at bat today? No, what happened? Brandon Belt set a record 21 pitch at bat. Whoa. Wow. Fouled off 16 straight fouls. Um, his at bat lasted 12 minutes and 45 seconds. 21 wow. pitches. Wow. 21 pitches from one pitcher to one hitter. What part of the game was it, Sean? Uh, I don't know, but he ended up lining out to right field. Um, so if if that was like in the first three innings, you know that the 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 pitching coach, you know, I think it might have been early. Yeah, just wearing out the starter, right, Bill? You can't oh, have a no. you don't want a twenty one pitch inning, let alone twenty one no. pitch at bat, yeah, right? No, that's I awesome. Early, I think it was early because the pitcher I think threw fifty pitches in the inning. Oh. Um, you know, so. bullpen get warm up the bullpen, right? <laughs> bullpen out early, so yeah. Wow. Anything, anything in Major League Baseball that you've seen, guys, that you uh, pay attention to? I just want to say well, on, you know, off the field, but I really do like the Sunday Night Crew um, with uh, with A Rod and and uh, uh, Jenny or uh, yep, Jessica, I, I, Jessica, yeah, yeah. They're they're good. They 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 good insights, uh, good engagement. Uh, like listening to them. So. Hey, uh, Braves are a fun team to watch this year. They're in second place. I think they took – they're supposed to be a four-game series that got rained out. I think they took two out of three against the Mets. Um, but watch out for the Braves. Yeah, and by the way, that, that rain delay today, Todd, um, mm-hmm. helped this season's uh, – this season for Major League Baseball have the most postponed or delayed games of any season in history. Um, and we're so not even out of April. Yeah, with with snow outs and rain snow, outs. Snow, yeah, snow is big. Yeah. Wow. By the way, if you get a chance, you know we're recording this episode on Sunday night, so I, I, there's there's something for me super nostalgic about Dodger Stadium because it's so unique in this whole world. You remember before in the '70s, if you're old enough, 
Shay, you're probably not old enough. But in the 70s, <laughs> remember remember the cookie cutter stadiums, Riverfront, Three Rivers, mm-hmm. uh, what, Cincinnati. About, you know, they all had the same look. Bush, yeah. Bush. Now they feel, now it's the same here. They all have the same look. They all look like Camden Yards. Mm. They all have the brick in the back. Everything looks exactly the same in the back. Everything, but Dodger Stadium will always look its its way with the yeah. in the outfield with the crazy roof over the top. I, and trust me, when you when you got pavilion seats at Dodger Stadium, I've been to plenty of games there. You can't leave the outfield. There's no walking around the rest of the stadium. Oh no! Oh really? You're, you're relegated. Relegated. <laughs> nice. Soccer term. To the pavilion, yeah. You you can only stay out there. You have to have seats into the main stadium to come into the main part of the ballpark. So, okay. All right, I'll bite, Bill. What does Chavez Ravine mean? I assume it's a, a yeah. river. No, no, not a not a river, but um, it's not really a ravine because it's kind of up on a hill. But there are there's a there's kind of a, a valley that it sits in, and like the uh, L.A. Police Academy is kind of right next door to the stadium. But as you come up this hill, you're kind of in a saddle. We'll call it like a saddle up in these rolling hills uh, right out. Um, just north of downtown LA. So mm. yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a, it's a neat place to catch a game. You'll never walk more stairs in your life. Uh, it's just the way it's <laughs> built. Yeah. There, there were no escalators when they built. <laughs> so if you park in the wrong parking lot, you got to get up to the, uh, because the way it is built, um, you enter to the upper deck, you can walk straight into it from the back. And then it, the hill, it go, kind of goes down the hill and you can, you walk downstairs outside the parking lot to get in the other levels. So very interesting well, it's old school. I mean, it's, it opened in 1962, I think. So wow, 63. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, so Shay, with the uh, no team in baseball in in Oregon, do people cheer for the Mariners? Do they cheer yeah. for the Giants? Who who's maybe the baseball team out there? It's all Seattle, right? it's all Mariners out here. Yeah, is it okay? All the Mariners out here. But once again, you'll get the traditional powerhouses. I see a lot of Red Sox fans out here as well. You'll see some Yankees fans, a lot of Red Sox fans, and then the rest are all Mariners. You'll get a few Giants fans because the Bay Area is fairly close to us as well. Cool. Now, is, is, that, um, is that true in, in football too? Is it, is, are they all Seahawks fans? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It makes me sick to my stomach. Me being from <laughs> Atlanta, it makes me sick to my stomach <laughs> to see all the 12th man everywhere. Uh, yeah. That, they've, done, they've done a great job with that branding, the 12th man. And you, when you go to Seattle, I'm telling you, when you go to Seattle, every building has a 12 on it. Yep. Every lobby of every hotel has a 12 up. Uh, it, they do a good job of really of, of owning that 12th but, man. But Sean, when you think of the 12th man, what do you think of first? Texas, Texas A&M. It all comes back to college football. <laughs> there we go again. <laughs> man, you guys are real SEC guys. Oh, it's crazy. Shay, it's real crazy. SEC guys. I yeah. love it. Wait till, <laughs> hey, wait till September. Oh, my God. It's, it's an hour of SEC talk. And then, and then you know, oh, there's some playoffs in baseball. Okay, whatever. Right. Yeah. Wait, guys. Baseball is playoffs, Bill? Shut up. Playoffs? <laughs> Sorry. Playoffs? Yeah. We're talking about playoffs. Uh, PGA Tour. Uh, Andrew Landry wins the Valero Texas Open to claim his first PGA Tour win. Uh, life-changing moment for that kid. Uh, hmm. I tried to, I to explain that to Cindy today a little bit again when I said life-changing. It's life-changing. She goes, what do you mean? I go, well, you, you know, we've talked about it before, but um, one point whatever million, that's life-changing. TPC. Uh, Two-year two exemption. You have two-year yeah. exemption on, on for, to any event on the tour. The Masters, the Memorial the colonial um it's going to put him in the fedex cup probably for sure he'll be in the you know he'll make the top he'll he'll be in the playoffs it just uh, changes everything yeah so it's it's very cool to see him and his his wife with i mean a newborn baby yeah uh, Mm. 
the green. But did you see the final hole, how we had to do it? He has a two-shot lead. He's yeah. looking okay. And he played it very safe and conservative on a par five. But his wedge, way back left corner and kind of a front right pin down a little slope. And um, the kid he was playing with, Mullinax, had about, a, I don't know, about a, a nine-foot birdie putt. Mm. If he makes this nine-foot birdie putt, it forces him to two-putt, right? Well, his first putt runs eight feet by. And yeah. so Mullinex walks up, stands up there, and just kind of, I think, pulled the crap out of that. I putt. thought he pulled Misread it. it. Pulled yeah. It big time, yeah. So then, you know, the, 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 it was weird watching that whole little uh, conversation on the green, too, because supposedly the other two players, Mullinex and Zach Johnson, were saying, Do you want us to putt out? And he said, No, I don't want to wait anymore. <laughs> he got, yeah. You know, Landry got over the putt and actually drained it to uh, take, to, to, to end the tournament. But, yeah, that That's is kind of weird fun because to watch. traditionally they'd let the, the winner putt out last. Um, yeah. But but when Mullinex missed that putt. Um, so, guys, let me share a little cool PGA story today. There you go. Um, last night, a good buddy of mine, Matt Corey, uh, who is the chief marketing officer for PGA Tour Superstore, uh, was up in Columbus, um, reached out to me. We, we met up for beers. Uh, I brought Matt as a guest, played, played at our, our course today. Had the first tee time of the day, Bill. Uh, you know, fresh – Fresh greens, maybe that's why I putted so well. And we, you know, you play in three hours. And my son Ryan and my brother played. Um, and then this afternoon, uh, we were Matt's guests. We got to go out and watch a commercial shoot for the new PGA Tour Superstore's Father's Day commercial with local PGA Tour resident Jason Day and his son Dash. Uh, and they were filming, and we were the only ones. There was about thirty-two or thirty-three, I think. My brother counted uh, crew members. You know, their drone videos and their cameras and the lighting, makeup, um, and we just got to kind of stand off to the side and uh, got to meet Jason. Got to take some pictures with him. Got to meet his son. Uh, his daughter ended up coming out after her nap time, uh, and it's, it was. It's. I'm. I'm really excited that a couple weeks before uh, Father's Day, when when I see the finished product. And I'll know exactly how it was all done and, and, and the pieces and how they stitch it together. Um, but my son got to come along. Ryan got to meet uh, Jason Day. And, of course, you know, didn't say a word. He was so star- starstruck. You know, Jason's mm. talking to him. And Jason was, couldn't have been nicer. Um, but chatted with my brother about an upcoming trip to Australia, about where he should play. And um, we, had, we were on a cool conversation. They were waiting to do some change of the, of the scenery. And the lighting was getting switched around on the fairway we were on. And um, we started talking about um, – uh, Arnold Palmer Invitational and and uh, what 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 his what his schedule is going to be up the next few weeks before the before the U.S. Open, and he was talking about he, he's sponsored by Zurich is is one of his sponsors, and so he, he'll be in New Orleans next week, mm. and um and he was telling Matt he said um there it's a it's a team event in Zurich you know they they have a team so he's going to play with a young kid a young up up and coming kid out of uh, Australia, well I guess this year they're going to have walkout music when they walk to the mm. first hole, like in baseball. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Please tell me it's Oingo Boingo. No, kind of fun. So I said, men at work. Men at work. Yeah. And I said, is it men at work or is it midnight oil? And he said, he's not sure. And, uh, but then he talked about, he's not going to be, um, he's going to, after Zurich, he's going to play uh, Wells Fargo. and will play the TPC. So he's got three weeks coming up. Uh, and then I asked him if he's going to be in colonial or, uh, or, by, or the Ben or, uh, colonial or Byron Nelson. Byron. Yeah. And he said, no, he's going to skip those and just, he'll be at Memorial will be his. So it'll take a couple weeks off before the Memorial. And I got to talking to him about, you know, what, when he won at Byron Nelson was it when Byron Nelson was still alive. And he said, no, it was after he passed away. And, you know, um, we started talking about the, you know, with Arnold, you know, he, the last time he played Bay Hill, um, 
you know, he, he got to play Bay Hill when Arnold was there, obviously. Uh, and we started talking about, you know, do you think people want to win the Memorial even more so now while Jack's alive because it's such a special thing. And he shared with me, Bill, that the PGA tour, and I didn't know this, but the PGA tour, um, for the Arnold Palmer Invitational and the, and the Memorial now is a three-year exemption if you win it because they want to make sure people are attending those events nice. because the Byron Nelson, after Byron died and then his wife stopped greeting people, people have stopped going there. They've, they've, they've sort of skipped that event. Um, and, and, and so the PGA Tour is kind of trying to make sure that the, the events of, of their legendary honorees, so to speak, um, so the up of the purse and the up of the Exemption. exemption that's huge yeah that's add, good. add some things so i thought that was neat now you'll see some photos i'll probably i'll probably blog about it for tomorrow's mm-hmm. blog but really kind of a neat behind the scenes look at at this uh you know what what, what would be considered one of the top what six or seven players in the world so, oh yeah that's can awesome. you do can you name your carps corner tomorrow uh shay and jason day can we do that <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh, I put you on the spot, didn't I? So. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Uh, so, Todd, how about a little soccer update? And then we'll, we'll wrap it up. Soccer's good. Um, so glad to, to hear that uh, MLS is alive and kicking out in Portland. Um, Shay, you probably know the Atlanta United. Uh, God, they beat uh, uh, L.A. last night. L.A. Galaxy, I think. Yep. Uh, 2 nothing yeah. on the road. So, <clears throat> Atlanta had a great run last year and, and petered out in the, late in the playoffs. And this year, start out, they got blown out, I think, 4 nothing first game. Since then, they haven't lost. They've uh, won or, um, you know, had a draw, I think, once or twice. But good to see uh, Atlanta doing well. Um, fun team to watch if you're ever bored. Um, they play usually either Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. So check out the MLS. Of course, Sean, the uh, Premier League. Um, the, the big story is, is the relegation race. Um, so... It was funny to say Stoke City is in the relegation zone, and they were up one nothing over Burnley, who's probably seventh or eighth out of twenty. And Burnley scores a late goal, and uh, after the the match, they they got a draw. But the Stoke City players were just almost inconsolable. They, they're yeah. it destroyed. They, they can just taste you know relegation. So the next three games they have um, Liverpool, um, and the last two Crystal Palace, and. Um, <coughs> Gosh, uh, uh, Newcastle. No, I'm drawing a blank. Anyway, the last game could be a winner. Uh, it stays in the Premier Loser um, gets relegated to the Champions League. So, uh, again, with Manchester City winning the, the league, um, there's some titles, uh, trophies to be determined as far as the UEFA League and the Champions League. But uh, right now the relegation zone is, is where the action is since, again, Manchester City has – firmed up the uh, title so nice. yep shay speaking of the rapids what's where do they play at out there and uh you say it's a pretty big uh big vibe out there for the for the team huh yeah portlanders love soccer um they play out at providence park which is actually closer to downtown than the motor center is uh which is where the blazers play um but everything about soccer it's everything about portland i mean people are free people are they're actually um they call it the the, the name of the team here is the Portland Timbers, and they call it the oh, Timbers right. Army. Mm. The Timbers Army. So I don't know if you've been to an MLS game, but most of the MLS games, they have a supporter section or a fan section. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fan section is, is mostly general admission tickets. But the cool thing about it is these people actually, the Timbers Army actually camp out inside the stadium the night before the game 
so they can get the best seats for the general admission seats in the supporter section. Wow. So they love their soccer. They're, it's a lot of great beer. It's just a lot of really good times. They, they bring their drums. They bring their drums and stuff like that. And oh, it, it's a parade before the game. It, mm-hmm. It's literally a parade before the game. It's awesome. Um, I'm not sure if you were able to catch any of it tonight, but they were on. They just finished. They were on ESPN tonight. They actually won. I want to say three, three nil, three nil against uh, New York Football Club, wow. which is actually in first place in the East. So. Yeah. That's good for the uh, United. Well. They're off to a slow start this year, but what's that? I said that was good for the United that New York uh, lost, right? Yeah, yeah, it's great for Atlanta. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, people out here, they, they love their soccer. And, and Portland is so rainy and so dreary and gray all year round that you get about three, four months of sunlight, and that three or four months just happens to fall in the middle of MLS season. And it's fun to go out and enjoy a game, have a beer, get some sunshine. It's a good time. So checking the, the table real quick, New York is leading uh, with 17 points, but they played eight games and Atlanta's only played seven and they have 16 points. So certainly a, a good result for Atlanta. Um, Shay, have you been or, you know, followed the, the United at all, Atlanta football club? I do follow, I do follow the, uh, the United closely. I haven't had an opportunity to go to a game yet. You see um, the attendance of those I games, right? I do enjoy watching them. Oh, it's it's insane! It's insane. I, they open the uh, the upper deck at the Mercedes Benz Stadium, and they're still almost selling out every game. It's like seventy thousand people go to these games in Atlanta, Sean. It's, wow. it's unbelievable, unbelievable. So, yeah, Arthur Blank, Blank when he built Mercedes Benz Stadium, I, he probably knew he'd get the football re- revenue, but um, gosh, the the soccer revenue has got to be just killing it. It's got to be just killing it. Yeah, that's great. Speaking of Arthur Blank, he's actually the owner of the PGA Tour Superstores. Found that out last night. I did know that. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, guys, let's uh, let's as we wrap it up. Uh, Shay, we'll we'll start with you because we we'd love to have you back on through the NBA playoffs. Uh, um, and, and you you drop some really nice insights. And as we get closer uh, to crowning a champion, uh, it's going to be interesting to really see some of these these side stories and these bylines play out. Why don't you why don't you put this uh, out there in Portland now that the season's ending for you? Um, what will you do and, and what, what's on your horizon? Well, I'll tell you, now that the Blazer season's ended, um, sad face, we actually have 70 <laughs> degrees and sunshine for the next five days. So Happy I'm going to enjoy some weather and be outside, uh, definitely get my vitamin D up, and, <laughs> and uh, just kind of enjoy things, just, just relax a little bit. The season's a grind, man. The NBA season's long and it's mm. a grind. I'll still watch it, but I'll watch it from afar. <laughs> good job Todd how about you man what's going on this week yeah Shay's watching from afar will still be uh from a much more expert lens than us right <laughs> so um big big week planned um so you all know we've talked about this before this is the week before vacation week for me so uh not only do I have a lot of uh, uh flesh to press and and jobs to follow up on I want to make sure I, I tie up as many loose ends as possible um, I'm going down to uh, Florida next week, um, so looking forward to uh, to that. So um, I, I think I get extra motivated, uh, not that I'm not motivated before, but there's a little more gusto uh, trying to close as much work as I can and, and uh, you know, fill as many gaps, close as many loops as I possibly can. So when the weekend comes, I will be uh, on the beach enjoying myself. Awesome. Awesome. Bill, how about you, bud? Are you local this week or are you on the road again? No, I'm local. I've got a presentation at the Greater Tampa Association of Realtors on Tuesday. 
and then lots of other appointments the sales team set up with me. Uh, and the real estate sessions on Tuesday is going to be Jen Shields of Shields Real Estate Group, Royal LePage, Brandon, Manitoba. So I saw wow. her. I saw her as a guest on Valerie Garcia's, um, you know, uh, love on your love on your uh, your people. Love the ones you're with. Yeah. Love the ones you're with. Podcast a video podcast. Uh, and so I I was really intrigued by her story. Her husband Ryan, their three boys who all play hockey in uh you know in that hockey country of of uh, the the great plains really of Canada. And so and and they're all Winnipeg Jet fans. So they're they got to be super excited about uh cuz we recorded this the day before the playoffs started. So so Jen Shields on Tuesday. I uh, think you'll like the show, Sean. You'll like her style a lot. Fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. Uh liked like liked the last week's episode as well as I was driving through um the uh the high desert of Oregon. Nice. Uh, had a great time. Um, so guys, for me, it's off the road for a while. You know, I am, I am, uh, after that trip last week, I finished out my 32nd speaking event of the year. Uh, I am going to be speaking at Ryan and Riley's, uh, former middle school for career day. Once again, I think it'll be the seventh year in a row. I've spoken to the seventh graders about leadership and goal setting, always a fun audience and a, an important topic. Um, but it's a lot of getting back in touch with, uh, clients. I got a listing appointment this week. Uh, couple buyers I'll be working with. And then, you know, next week's episode, we'll be talking about me heading down to pick up Riley after her first, first year of college down at South wow. Carolina. Oh, wow. Yeah. We're getting old, dude. We're getting old. Hey, we're Sean, old. is that, is that why Marriott and Southwest uh, stocks plummeted on Friday? <laughs> not going on the road anymore? Stop traveling. <laughs> hey, I got, I got I, I, about a uh, six months ago, I, Marriott sent me a note saying I'm lifetime platinum now. And, um, they, they sent me a little stat the other day that in the last, eight or nine, 10 years, I've stayed almost 900 nights in their, one of their hotels. Um, and I started doing the math and I said, that's like two and a half years of my life that I've stayed in a hotel. And that's just the Marriott properties guys. That's not any Hilton's or any other off brand stuff that I, that I stay at. So, um, I love what I do. It's fun. I get to meet people like Shay and I get to travel all around and see amazing places like Corvallis and Portland and Omaha and Seattle. But, uh, uh, I'm certainly proud to be aligned with a brand like the Marriott because they, they take good care of me when I'm on the road. So home for a week um, and, and trying to get some real estate business up and running and watch the playoffs and, and keep my fingers crossed for the, for the Blue Jackets to at least pull out tomorrow night to take it to a game seven because there's nothing better than a game seven in the NHL um, just to, to watch everything laid on the line. So um, guys, Shay, we enjoyed having you. Uh, hope, hopefully we, you can join us back next week and, and, and keep us updated on all that and, and add your insights. And we'll teach you a little bit about uh, uh, SEC football as we go. Uh, even though you're from Atlanta, you, you know. <laughs> you went to Auburn. He's an Auburn guy. I know. He's an Auburn guy. <laughs> How dare you, right, Jay? Wow. wow. Hey, Sumer's Corner, I'll buy you a lemonade. Hey, corner. That, 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 was like a, a, that was a classic Brockmire moment right there. I want to make sure you guys watch Brockmire because I, <laughs> I binge watched the rest of the season, the rest of the season one, and I'm telling you, that is quite the show. So don't forget it. Brockmeyer, uh, IFC production. You can catch it on Amazon Prime. <laughs> wow. I love it. I love it. Weird. Appreciate appreciate the, the commercial. All right. uh, guys, on behalf of Bill and Todd and Shay out in Portland, I'm Sean Carpenter, and thanks for listening to The Stare Down. <laughs>